Sensitivity is my weakness. Sensitivity is strength. Vulnerability is strength. You know the What's up, y'all? It's your girl Jazz. Welcome back to Vulnerable Vibes. This is part two of the attachment style series. And y'all curse me out so bad. <laughs> y'all curse me out so bad for part two. Y'all have no patience. Listen, I felt like we needed a break. Okay. It was a lot of information in the last episode. And too much information can sometimes have us just all over the place. It's really important to take breaks to process this information. You know, we're all on this journey of healing and just learning more, educating ourselves more when it comes to mental health. But we also have to keep in mind that information diet is so important. And I know you're probably like, what is information diet? So the same way you go on a diet when you try to eat healthy to improve your physical health, Going on an information diet is really just a way to control what you consume mentally because sometimes too much information can really have us overwhelmed and it can just really affect us. Like, I know so many of us remember the early times of the pandemic back in 2020 when the world was just, it was just a lot going on from police police brutality to just the pandemic, to just people dying and just it, it, protesting. It was so much and it was really affecting us. Just every day we went on our phone and we saw something negative in the news. I mean, and it's still like that today, but I think the height of the pandemic was like that, that information that was affecting us, it was just at its peak. And now with social media and just with us all on this journey, to so just being better and learning and growing in terms of mental health, Keep in mind that an information diet is important, okay? So that's why I felt like, you know, let's break it up into a few parts because I know I gave you all a lot of information last time and I wanted y'all to just sit with it and just let it process. So in part one, we talked about how gaining self-awareness and education is the first step to healing and becoming a better person because... We can't work on what we don't know, period. And one thing we can become more self-aware and educated on is our attachment styles. So let's do a quick recap on attachment styles. According to attachment theory, first developed by John Bobley, a psychiatrist, and later on expanded upon by psychologist Mary Ainsworth, a person's attachment style is shaped and developed in early childhood in response to their relationships with their earliest caregivers. Your attachment style is usually established through the bond that you had with your primary caregivers, whether it was parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, um, or just anyone who took care of you as a child. So these attachment styles are how you learned how to express your needs and how to assess your safety and just ultimately how you respond to other people's emotions and behaviors. So there are four attachment styles, secure attachment, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and fearful disorganized attachment. So we already went through each attachment style and their characteristics and how they show up kind of in our life. And if you didn't hear part one, please go listen to part one because I did a deep dive into all four attachment styles. So I did touch on this a little bit in the last episode, but a lot of people ask the question of like, okay, so... 
I know my attachment style now, I guess. I know what attachment styles are, I guess. But why should I care? Why is it important? Well, it's important because relationships shape all we do. Like our relationships with other people in our life, it pretty much shapes everything. Research shows that attachment style affects our performance in many areas of life, including our physical health, mental health, finding a romantic partner, our behavior in family, and our overall social life. Understanding how your attachment style shapes and influences your intimate relationships can really help you make sense of your own behavior and how you perceive people and how you respond to intimacy. And that's the biggest thing. Like, it's really just all about becoming more self-aware. So now that we know the importance of what our attachment style means and just how much it shapes us, the question is, if we have an anxious or an avoidant attachment style, can we succeed in healthy relationships or can we change our attachment style? So yes, how our parents interacted with us, it pretty much set the tone. But although these first experiences may affect your adult life, there's also the possibility that making changes can help you improve on how you perceive people and how you perceive situations and just overall how you connect with others. So that's what we're going to get into today. The steps that you can take to move towards changing your insecure attachment style to a more secure attachment style. So before we get into the ways that we can move towards a more secure attachment style, let me start off by giving a few disclaimers. Having an attachment style is completely normal. I've had so many of you ask me, well, how do I fix this? Like, what do I do? It's like just freaking out. And I want you all to know it's okay. It's okay to feel a little overwhelmed now that you've kind of learned or just, you know, been become more self-aware of what your attachment style may be. It's completely normal to feel like that. But let me make this very, very, very clear. Okay. You do not need to be fixed. Because having an attachment style does not make you broken. You're whole, you're human, you're able to be become a more healthy person when it comes to communication and attachment. It's okay. An attachment style is really just a way in which we interact with people. Let's break down the word style. Style means a specific kind, a particular kind. It's distinctive, just like your own personal style. Like, you know, how you dress, how you walk, how you talk. And you know what impacts that? What impacts our style? Experiences, environment. And that is how attachment styles work. Attachment styles are just the way we interact with others that were passed down from the habits, traits, and experiences of our caregivers and the and or the people around us in our environment. Disclaimer number two. Just because you have an attachment style that is not a secure one doesn't necessarily mean that your parents were bad parents. You probably had amazing parents who, you know, they did everything for you. They did everything that they could to meet your needs. But attachment styles can come from so many different other things, like, for example, our environment. Other people in our life, like other family members, relationships we develop later in life, like friendships or romantic relationships, all of that can also help us develop these attachment styles. And the last disclaimer, even though I kind of already said this, but I really want to emphasize it. 
because although each attachment style has their set characteristics, it can be different for everyone. It can show up differently for everyone. And I really want you all to keep that in mind. So the way attachment style exhibits on me may exhibit on someone else really different, just based on our upbringing, based on culture has a lot to do with it. Um, personality outside of your attachment style. There's so many factors that go into this. Take everything with a grain of salt. Like if what I'm saying or what you're learning about an attachment style, if it doesn't apply to you, it's okay. Let it fly over your head. It may be something else that that you can resonate with. Or if you can't resonate with any of it, that's fine. Maybe there's something else that you struggle with when it comes to relationships or connecting with people. The moral of this is there is no one size fits all when it comes to attachment styles and you can develop an attachment style from all types of relationships. Changing your attachment style for the better is not easy. It's really not easy. And although it is often the key to developing healthier and more rewarding relationships, it takes a lot of work. And I really want to emphasize that it takes a lot of work. A lot of work, a lot of acknowledgement, a lot of rewiring perspectives, resetting boundaries, unlearning habits, learning healthier ways of responding and interpreting. It's a lot that goes into it and you really got to be willing to do the work. So I curated a list of some ways that we can move towards changing our attachment styles, starting with some general techniques. And then later on, we're going to get into techniques that fit each specific attachment style. So let's get started. And keep in mind, this list is it's in no particular order. Like it's just a standard list. You can, it's not like step one, step two type of thing. It's really just a, a standard list. So the first thing, now remember when I said that our experiences with others and how they treat us and interact with us, that can impact our attachment style. Well, this may come to many of you as a surprise, but one of the first things you can do to you know, kind of change your attachment style is to engage in a relationship with someone with a secure style. Researchers say that this is one of the best ways to move your attachment style from insecure to secure. And I know you're probably like, well, girl, I can't find a, I can't find a secure relationship. I can't find a secure person. Like we're all pretty much in the same boat and it, and it could be hard to find someone with a secure attachment style. But there is a person that can be in your life that can offer you that. And I'm talking about the relationship you can have with a therapist. A therapeutic relationship is sometimes referred to as an emotionally corrective relationship. And this is because the therapist provides a consistent and really secure interaction with you while remaining fully present. This relationship that you'll establish with a therapist it will be so beneficial to changing and you know becoming a more secure person because you can literally mirror their secure habits and their secure secure way of communicating and thinking and and just validating you and that's what you need when you have an insecure attachment style whether it's avoidant whether it's disorganized or whether it's anxious at the very end of the day, you have been invalidated in some way. You've been neglected. You've been abandoned. Whatever way you flip it, your feelings were invalidated. Your feelings were not important. You were not valued. And that is what you need to become more secure. You need to feel valued. You need to feel 
validated. You need someone to literally be able to help you see that you are worthy of the love that you want and you can't really get because you have an avoidant attachment style. You're worthy of the love that you're trying hard to prove that you're worthy of if you have an anxious attachment style. And you're worthy of the love that you fear if you have a disorganized attachment style. So this is why the therapeutic part is really important. And this is one step that you can take towards changing your attachment style to a more secure attachment style. All right, moving on to number two. Another way to change your style is through education. Education and self-awareness on your attachment style and just on the attachment styles in general will really help you gain a clear starting point onto your journey to moving to a secure style. And I know I keep saying education, education, but it's really, it's probably... If it's if I had to order these steps, this probably would be the first step. So resources like books and podcasts will be really helpful. There's so much information out there nowadays. You can even go on YouTube. I know there are therapists who have YouTube videos. A really good book that I want to recommend is Attached by Dr. Amir Levine. And then a really good podcast that I want to recommend is Vulnerable Vibes. <laughs> now let me stop. But there are so many different podcasts, books, videos out there, even different research studies that you can look up uh, online. There's so many resources out there and I really think taking advantage of it can help. However, in my professional opinion, and I it may be biased, I have to say this, <laughs> one of the best ways to do this is with the support of a mental health professional. They'll be able to help you identify your attachment style and also provide you with tools to change it. Like I said earlier, a therapeutic relationship is probably the best way. Um, and it's really hard for us sometimes to identify this on our own because we're just going based off what we feel and not kind of looking at it from an outside perspective. So we kind of get lost in our feelings and our emotions. And it, it may be a little hard. Not everyone is equipped to be self-aware and that's that's normal. None of us just wake up knowing everything and it's okay. So sometimes we do need that outside person to point things out that we probably would would not be able to see. And it's not to say that you can't identify your attachment styles on your own because you may be self-aware. You may be equipped to understand and point out certain characteristics. But like I said in part one, these attachment styles are really, they're not one size fit all. They're not. And the truth is there are so many factors that play into attachment styles and we all have our own unique individual life. Like we all have different experiences. We all have different traumas, different triggers. And by sharing your life experience with a therapist, they can help you identify your attachment style custom to your life. Another reason why education is a really important way to change your attachment style is that through education, not only do you recognize what attachment styles are and your own attachment style, but you also are able to see the attachment styles of others around you, people in your life. And this can be so beneficial because it can provide you with just more understanding and empathy of people around you. And it also can kind of just make you look at how you interacted with people in the past, you know, like it really can help you understand the actions of yourself, the actions of others, and 
it will cause you to look at people's situations from a different perspective. It'll cause you to look at relationships in your life from a different perspective. You might realize like, hmm, this person just, it's not that they don't love me. They just really don't know how to show it because they've never been shown love because they have an avoidant attachment style. You know, so education is really important. It opens the door to a lot of different perspectives that we can gain. Okay, moving on to number three. Accepting what comes with this process. Acceptance. This is a big one and it's really hard. I'm not going to lie, but you have to accept a lot of things when trying to change your attachment style. You have to accept that it's not your fault. It's not your fault. This does not derived from you. You didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to have an avoidant attachment style. No, it's not. It's not your fault. This is not on you. You also have to accept that people in your life, your parents, other relationships, friendships, they, they may have caused this. And that can come with a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of emotions. And you have to accept that changing your attachment style may mean you have to address those emotions. You have to address that anger, that resentment, and work towards forgiving those parental relationships or just relationships in general. You have to accept that your attachment style may be one of the reasons why your prior relationships with people didn't work or were a little toxic. You have to accept the huge amount of accountability that comes with this process. Because although your attachment style isn't your doing, it's not your fault, at this point now, it's, it is. Now, now it's in your hands. Everything you do from this point forward is in your hands. Once you commit to saying, I'm going to make the changes, I'm going to change to become more securely attached. It is everything you do from that point on is your fault. It's in your hands. You have to be able to accept the accountability that's going to come with the process of changing your attachment style. And it's not easy. (laughs) Like I'm still learning to accept things. I'm still working on it myself. It's it's not easy. We're all on this journey together. I never want y'all to feel like things that I'm saying or you know, information that I'm giving you is just like easy to deal with or easy to heal from. No, it's not. It's really hard. It takes a lot of work, a lot of acceptance and a lot of understanding, which leads me into my last tip. The last step I have is you have to understand that you are now stepping into a whole new position, a whole new role. You're stepping into the role of the parent that you needed or the relationship that you needed. Changing your attachment style involves a lot of inner work. And through that process, you have to discover your inner child and you have to reparent yourself. You have to get in touch with your inner child and say, I'm here to offer you what I did not have. You have to get in touch with the person you were when you were first hurt, the person you were when you were first traumatized, when you were first abandoned. And you have to literally reparent that version of yourself with a lot of love, a lot of patience, 
a lot of compassion, and a lot of understanding. Now, I highly recommend doing this with a therapist, like I said, because a therapist really has the tools to help you get in touch with your inner child, but it is not impossible to do this on your own because it really just requires you to give yourself what you what you need, what you're longing for. But with a therapist, it, it can be a lot easier. So let's get into anxious and avoidant attachment styles and what you should focus on when it comes to trying to shift into a more secure style. Under each attachment style, I've curated a list of three things that you should practice and why. So let's begin with anxious attachment. So the first thing is to identify and value your own needs. And I'm emphasizing the word own needs. The reason this is so important is because as a person with an anxious attachment style, you constantly ignore your own state of mind in favor of other people. You have learned through your attachment style to put others' needs before yours. You you literally completely disregard your own emotional needs at the expense of pleasing somebody that you love, whether it's a friend, whether it's a significant other, whether it's your parents, siblings, any any type of family member, you are always going to please someone and put yourself on a back burner. So through healing, you really have to learn to identify your own emotional needs and really stand on them. Like you really have to value what you want what you want and what you feel and not worry about how your feelings or needs will impact the relationship that you have with the person. Like I said earlier, you have to reparent yourself. So you literally have to ask yourself, what do you want? Does this make you feel good? Like, what are you feeling right now? Tell me what you're feeling. Um, how is your mind, your body, your spirit, your spirit reacting to this situation? Like these are, you really have to talk to yourself and really treat yourself as if you are that child or wherever you were in the space, whether, even if it wasn't a parent, you, you really have to just talk to that part of yourself. And it might feel a little weird <laughs> when it comes to reparenting yourself, but this is what healing is. It's is it's it's a little it's a little complex. Like it's not cut and dry and like okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, I'm going to do this, that and the third and I'm going to be healed. It, it it just doesn't work like that. It really is a process and you have to be committed. You have to be committed. You have to like I said earlier, you have to really be willing to accept the responsibility that comes with really shifting your attachment styles to more secure. So the second thing we want to do is we want to practice stillness. And practicing stillness is so important, especially when it comes to the anxious attachment style, because you're not really good at regulating your emotions and your anxiousness really causes you to just want to react so quickly to things like you want to react straight like as soon as you get that feeling that makes you anxious, you're ready to react. Like you you almost feel like you will literally explode if you don't say what you have to say or just react how you want to react in that moment. So you have to try to practice being still and realizing that 
you may react in that moment without considering anything else. And it might kind of, it might just set you backwards instead of making you go forward. And the best way to get better at this is to learn how to just take a step back, not react, and just be still. And that can be a really hard, it could be really, really hard for somebody who's used to just reacting and just saying it or doing how they feel. But it takes a lot of work, but you, you you have to try to practice being still. And listen, when it comes to an anxious attachment style, a reaction, it, it looks different for everyone. So for me, it could mean instantly reacting verbally and just pressing the situation or the person. But for you, it could mean instantly reacting by ignoring or the person or the situation or shutting down and being passive aggressive and just like throwing little you know, little social cues to the person, like whatever the reaction is, we just really want to practice being still. You could do this by engaging in things like meditation, yoga, mind, just mindfulness activities in general, like breathe, breath work, breathing activities, even picking up a calming activity or like a hobby that's really accessible, like something that you have in your house or wherever you are, like even if you're at your, even if you're at your job. Like even if you're at your job, your house, your car, something quick and accessible, like like for example, maybe coloring. Like if you feel like you want to react to something, right? Let's say something is going on, somebody says something, or let's say somebody doesn't answer a text right away, or somebody texts you and you feel like it's a weird vibe on a text, or whatever it is, whatever the situation is, you might feel like you want to react because you're already triggered you're anxious you're just feeling like you have to react emotionally tell yourself okay you know what let me go let me go pick up a coloring book let me color or let me go get some yarn and try to knit or crochet something or let me go play a a little game on my phone and let me wait until I finish this activity this calming activity to react and let me let me just take a step back and come back to this situation. And this might not happen. This may not happen. There's, there's no proven fact, but I just feel like in my, this is opinion. Now I feel like once you're done doing that activity, you, you might have a whole different outlook on the situation. You might feel like, damn, okay. Like I'm not even that upset anymore. Like I'm glad I took that moment to just really sit and think and just not really worry about it. You know what I mean? So Practicing mindfulness activities, picking up a calming activity, just really practicing being still and not reacting as soon as those emotions arise. So let's move on to avoidant attachment. So the first thing you want to practice when you're trying to move out of the avoidant attachment style is destigmatizing vulnerability. And what that means is basically you have to force yourself to shift how you view vulnerability and sensitivity. If you have an avoidant or a dismissive attachment style, you probably had parents or or other relationships that were very strict, judgmental, and hard. And so you can grow up to be strict, judgmental, and hard. And not only with others, but with yourself. So you have to learn and understand that The only reason you feel uncomfortable when someone in your life gets sensitive, the only reason why you shut down your emotions and you struggle to be vulnerable is because you were made to believe that vulnerability and sensitivity was wrong. 
which is far from the truth. You have to recognize that your perspective is not even your own. It's literally due to the experiences that you had from relationships. It's due to your parents failing to normalize that vulnerability and sensitivity is normal. It's healthy. And understanding this will help you dismantle that stigma that you have in your head that really was engraved in your head by the experiences of other people. You get what I'm saying? So you really have to work on destigmatizing the fact that being sensitive, being, being vulnerable is wrong it, because it's not. It's healthy, it's normal, it's human, and it actually makes you a better person. So the second thing we want to practice is honoring and validating your whole self. Because if you are a person with an avoidant attachment style, you were taught through the actions of your parents or other relationships that your emotions were not important. And because your emotions were not important or were neglected or dismissed, you go through life expecting that being your true self, being vulnerable, expressing your emotions will always result in rejection. And this really affects your self-esteem. And this requires a lot of reparenting. You have to really speak to your inner child and let them know it's okay to cry. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to be unique. It's okay to feel, to express. And if that requires a lot, that will that will require you to really get deep and really stay committed to really just shifting how you see yourself. One thing you could do to practice this is doing affirmations every day. Tell yourself every day, I love you. I am lovable. I'm safe. I am loved. I am I am able to be vulnerable because you never received those words. You never received words of affirmation from your parents or whatever relationship that caused you to be avoidant. You never received that validation. And now you have to practice giving that to yourself. And it could be hard. It could feel very foreign, but it's something that you just really have to push yourself to do. And working with a mental health professional will will really give you the tools you need to get there. It's, it's definitely something that's not going to be able to occur overnight. It's definitely a process. But honoring and validating your whole self, who you are, everything you come with, will really help you to move into a more secure style. So moving on to the third thing to practice when trying to move out of an avoidant attachment style. You want to practice leaning on others. Because you have been isolated and pretty much dismissed by your caregivers or other relationships in your life, you you didn't have anyone to comfort or validate you and you spent a lot of time alone. You spent a lot of time alone sweating out your own emotions, dealing with your own emotions, and that causes that causes you to believe that being alone, depending on yourself, is the way to go. 
you don't trust others and you don't depend on others because of the disappointment and and just the neglect that you have received from your caregivers or other people that you were in a relationship with, especially when, especially in those times of like really like vulnerability and really like detrimental moments where you needed someone, you didn't have them. So you will now have this thought process where, okay, I'm going to only depend on myself. I'm going to only trust myself. I'm not going to trust others because they're not going to be there for me. And you have to work on learning that this isolation, this this thing that you do where you isolate, it's, it's a trauma response. And in order to heal, like you really have to just start responding in the same way that you were traumatized, if that makes sense. Like the only reason why you isolate is because you had no one there to show you that you are, it is okay to lean on others. And so when it comes to moving out of this, you just really have to work on knowing that you are not alone. Again, going back to just reparenting yourself, like it's okay to trust this person. It's okay to depend on this person. It's okay to know that you're not alone. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to not, you know, it's okay to not want to trust people because it is scary to trust people. Regardless, if you have a secure attachment style, you can trust someone and they can let you down. That can absolutely happen. But that's a, that's a part of just the acceptance part that I was talking about earlier. Like you have to accept that people are going to let you down. People are going to hurt you. That's life. But it's all in how we respond. Letting letting what someone does to us dictate how we're going to let live the rest of our life, that only hurts us in the end. So you have to go into every situation with knowing that, okay, yes, this person can hurt me, but I'm still going to see, I'm still going to let my walls down. I'm still going to protect myself, but I'm still going to let my walls down. So you really just have to practice leaning on others, letting the people in your life support you and love you. And this is another thing, like you, the reason why you struggle in relationships is because you're, you're not equipped to let that love in because you're so anti-trusting people like you're so against trusting people you're so you know you're just you're on your own you're isolated you're hyper independent and that causes people to have a hard time loving you but when you try to work on this you will see the shift in how wow like this person really does love me this person really does want to help me because sometimes people do want to help you and love you but when you have an avoidant attachment style it can be difficult and we can sometimes push people away without even realizing. So make sure you practice leading on others. I promise you, you will see a shift in your relationships and within yourself. So now that we kind of went through some tips and some things that you can do to help move towards a more secure attachment style, you have to keep in mind a few things. You have to acknowledge that This is going to be a process and you have to trust that process. Yes, a secure attachment style is the goal. It's it's the goal, right? But it may take some time to get there. And you have to give yourself grace. You have to give yourself grace through this process because something important to know is that if you have an insecure attachment style, it's really connected to your nervous system. Your nerve, our nervous system is involved with our attachment styles. And mean and that meaning that's how our brain decided to react to things. So you have to be patient with yourself. And you also have to know that 
there is no time limit on this. Take your time to get to your... There's no time limit on changing, on becoming a better person, on healing. There is no time limit on changing, on becoming a better person, on healing. Take your time. Take your time to get to your destination. There's no rush and there's no time limit. If you feel like you've been working on it for a year, two years, okay. If you feel like... It's been six months and I'm still, okay. Don't go on this journey alone. Seek out a therapist or a counselor. Look to resources, like I said, like books and podcasts for self-education. But the most important part is just really being patient with yourself. And no matter which attachment style you have, just remember that we're all human and we're all dealing with the same issues, just in different forms. You can do anything that you put your mind to. So it's not impossible for you to change your attachment style. Developing a healthier attachment style is one of your goals. You can do it. So this is the end of part two. In part three, we're going to get into the disorganized attachment style because that deserves a whole episode by itself. But we're also going to get into some really important things when it comes to healing. And we have a special guest. So make sure y'all tune into the next episode. And before we go, I really just wanted to say I, I'm just so thankful for all the support. I, I went to sleep posted that TikTok on attachment styles and I woke up and over a million people were tuned in, were subscribed to my podcast. And I I really just can't even put into words how I feel. And I'm literally getting emotional because I just never would have expected this to happen, but I'm so grateful. And I am going to make sure that I give you guys the best content, the most educational and healing content. We're all on this journey together. Unfortunately, I'm not a licensed therapist. I know a lot of you were asking if you could book a session with me, but I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm just a young a young girl in her 20s chasing her dreams, chasing her career, healing. And I want to share the things that I've healed from, the things that I'm learning in this field with you all. So we're all on this journey together. I'm not perfect. I'm still perfecting or working on these things as well. Like don't think because I have the education that I'm perfect because trust me, I am not. But we're all on this journey together and we're just here to make sure that we all know that vulnerability is a vibe, okay? Being vulnerable, tapping into your deeper, your inner self, like that's a vibe. We're, we're breaking down the walls. We're breaking down the stigma that the world, the society, people in our past have made us to believe that being vulnerable, being sensitive is weak. It's not. It's strong. It's, when you're able to be vulnerable and sensitive, you exhibit the strength that's just out of this world because it takes a lot of courage to, to dig deep. It's easy to stay on the surface. It's easy to play to play the coast. Like, Digging deep is is hard, it's scary. So if you're able to live in your vulnerability, you are a vibe, okay? <laughs> you are a vibe. So thank you all so much for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tune into the next one and I'll see y'all later. <laughs>